business and bourbon. Welcome to the People of Packaging podcast, where we introduce people to the world of packaging and the people of packaging to the world. Here are your hosts, Adam Peak and Ted Tate. Hey, we did it. Episode number one of the People of Packaging podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Adam Peak, and this episode uh, is, is a really cool episode because you're going to hear from me and you're going to hear from Ted Tate. Uh, Ted and myself are both going to be hosting this. You may call us co-hosts. So we're going to be co-hosting this podcast. We want to take the first two episodes and interview one another and kind of introduce ourselves. Now, these interviews were conducted a few months back. Uh, I will say this. I think that we are getting better the more interviews that we do. We are not professional interviewers. We are not professional podcasters. We are packaging professionals who are making a podcast. Now, this podcast exists primarily to illuminate and uplift the voices of people in the packaging world. And, and part of that reason is because as I have traveled around and kind of been in this packaging world now for about a decade, which makes me like a freshman, uh, so many people are in this industry for so long and it's what makes it so beautiful. And as I've been in it, I've just noticed that there is a, there is a lack of diverse thought. There is a lack of uh, representation at some of the higher levels within within our companies. Now, I don't believe this to be nefarious by any means, but but it's there. And as our as millennials and as Gen Z and as other people are are growing up, we the, our country is becoming more and more diverse. And as an industry, we need to recognize that, and we need to be willing to not only hear and listen, but also promote. And, and put people, as they say in the play Hamilton, put people in the room where it happens. And so we want to share stories from people all across uh, the packaging world. And, uh, and, and I, I'm pretty excited about it. Some of the interviews that we've already done are really cool, really compelling, some, some very fascinating, interesting people. This will not be a podcast on you know the, the technical aspects of packaging, though we'll get into a little bit of that. It's not going to be like a packaging news podcast. Uh, but it's it's going to focus on people and their stories, and it's it's my hope, and I know that Ted shares his hope as well, that that you'll hear it, that you will interact with uh, with the people, the interviews that you hear, that you will network together, that you will find different people to connect with, and and that hopefully some really cool stories come out of it. You know, listen, we don't think we're going to save the world uh, with a podcast, right? Uh, at the end of the day, it's it, it's me and it's Ted, and we are. Uh, we're doing our thing. Uh, we're just trying to get some get the word out there on what we got going on. So, without further ado, let's get into the interview. This is our very first interview, and it's me interviewing Ted Tate. I hope you enjoy it. All right, so I'm here with Ted Tate. This is episode one of our podcast. So we're learning and figuring stuff out. So our first question is kind of framed like this, Ted. So, you know, we meet at a networking event, whatever it is, we're at a IOPP or PAC Expo or something like that. We've never met. And I just say, 
hey, so tell me about yourself. You know, tell me a little bit about your background in the packaging world. What's that like? So why don't you go ahead and share that as a way of introduction? We'll get into talking some more. So first thing I would say is uh, I'm an engineer and uh, spent the last 22 years in this industry as an engineer, um, but recently pivoted and now I'm in the world of sales. So the things that I used to engineer, um, rigid packaging for beauty care and cosmetics is what I'm out there actually selling now. So my career path, I uh, went to school uh, in New Jersey for mechanical engineering and decided that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a record producer. So I spent a year and a half out of college pursuing that until I realized it was time for some uh, medical insurance benefits. <laughs> and uh, I started looking in the paper for jobs close by and I lived near Revlon, which was uh, their package testing lab was in Edison, New Jersey. And that's how I got my introduction to the world of cosmetics and the world of packaging. And then from there, uh, through various transitions, I went from package testing to engineering to package development, back to package engineering, which is where I've spent most of my time. And like I said, now I'm on the sales side. All right. So you... Uh... You know, I like to tell people I, I joined the dark side because I had, you know, I went from not engineering, but I went from kind of procurement and supply chain into into sales. So we kind of have a little bit of a, a little bit of a similar background in that, you know, we weren't, what's the phrase, uh, you know, a guy that can sell a ketchup popsicle to a girl wearing white gloves. You know, that's never, that's never been been my mo and it sounds like you know probably uh, not yours either so tell me about your your current job then so you were at you know these cause these big i mean obviously you know revlon is a huge name brand um so you've gone from these big cosmetic companies to the position that you're in now in sales so what's that company how's that transition been how long you've been in that position tell me more about that okay so the company is uh, cpp global uh, a U.S.-based uh, manufacturer in North Carolina um, that also has a facility in Asia, um, you know, where we do more of the higher decoration type items um, requiring more labor. Um, and the reason why I took the job uh, doing sales for this company was because they didn't want a salesperson. It was a six-month-long conversation where uh, they convinced me that what they were looking for was, you know, somebody with a technical background who can talk about new programs in detail with customers and to problem solve and find solutions, which is really what I was doing as an engineer anyway. Um, and they felt true to that. So I decided to give it a shot. And so far, I'm, I'm very happy with uh, being a salesperson. Yeah. So, you know, it sounds like you're able to combine your, your background in engineering, which sort of creates a level of empathy, right? You're, you're talking with, with other packaging engineers, but you understand the problems they're going through 
because you've already you've already been through them, right? Well, not problems, challenges. <laughs> All right, challenges. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. Um, so maybe even you know rewind even back a little bit further because so far I've I've really yet to meet anybody who's like, yeah, when I was six years old, I wanted to be a packaging engineer. Like when I was six years old. Um, I was going to be a rapper named Candy Cane, <laughs> which, which did not pan out, thankfully. Uh, but you know, it's not like this is a job that people dream about or an industry that really anybody know, knows about. So, you know, I know you got into like music producing. Was that always something that you would kind of wanted to do as a kid or talk to me a little bit more about your upbringing and your childhood? Well, I grew up, I'm a little bit older than you. But I grew up uh, in the early 80s in the Bronx at the time when rap music was really starting to hit the scene and become commercialized. So I was in the Bronx in the middle of the hip hop revolution, break dancing, graffiti and rap music. So, you know, that's what I came up wanting to do. DJ, rap make music, do graffiti, not on trains, but I've always been into just the art side of things. And it just so happened that I was also good at math and science. So it's all been a part of my upbringing, mm -hmm. technical and creative. Right. No, that's important because, I mean, you know, you think about like the early days of even, uh, maybe this is a bit of a stretch, but like the early days of hip hop music, which was sort of creatively engineering, uh, you know, taking uh, the the breakdown from disco and and creating something that was not disco, like making something different. And it's cool to think that 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 even played a role in in packaging engineering because we're you know you I'm not a packaging engineer so so you are taking plastic and making beautiful things out of plastic, just like you might've been with Krylon, you know, making, making beautiful things out of, uh, out of spray paint even, you know what I mean? Not on walls, not on walls. No kids don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's just who I am, right? I'm not your typical technical person, but I'm not your typical creative person. I use both halves of the brain and Honestly, I think that's what's got me through this industry to be here today because I'm able to take technical concepts and relay them to someone who's creative and understand what they're talking about and turn it into something technical that I can then take action on. So being able to do both, I think we've all met some engineers that you, you really can't talk outside of black and white. You know, and then we've all met creative people where you can't put them in the box of black and white. There's different levels of grays and right. So it's it's being able to understand both sides. Yeah, no, that's that's huge um, because it is so it is so much needed. You know, a lot of people and, and hopefully we're going to be highlighting a lot more of these, you know, a lot more of these stories as we're going along is packaging tends to kind of be an afterthought as you and I have discussed before that it's, it's sort of the tail end of a project. So everyone gets excited about, 
you know, the development of the product or the, the flavor profile or how it smells or what it's going to do, you know, for the skin or if it's in cosmetics, food or whatever it is. And that's all, that's all really awesome. And it's exciting, but without the packaging, it's either a not going to get to the consumer because of the structure or B it's never going to sell because the design isn't really good. So having the ability to speak to both of those things really probably becomes, you know, incredibly important. So that's really cool. Um, so as you've, you've, you said 22 years. Uh, yeah. All right. So in the packaging world, you're still young. <laughs> Because <laughs> there's people that I meet who have been in the packaging industry for, you know, what's the saying I've heard is once you get, once you get ink in your blood, like it just never leaves. Um, so for 22 years, you've been in this industry. What are some kind of major changes that you've seen? Um, or maybe even taking that further, what are some things that you would like to see in the future, specifically as it relates to rigid cosmetic packaging? Okay, so a few things that I've seen over the years that have changed is the uh, focus on the environment, which I think is a great step. Um, it, it's 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 just interesting to engineer things out of plastic and sell plastic and see the damage that plastic does to the environment or has done over the years. Um, so the focus on sustainability and being environmentally friendly in the approach, uh, I think uh, I've seen um, become much more important over the last five years, even. Um, there are a few companies that, that it's kind of in their DNA, which I, I think is awesome. And I, I believe we're going to see more um, companies focused on that because consumers now are paying attention. So, you know, from what I see and where I see it going, it's the right approach because we want to leave a world behind for our kids to be able to thrive in as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you have, you have two kids, right? Yep. Two. Yeah. So that, that becomes, when when it becomes kind of personal, right, and and you start realizing, even if it's a small role that you can play in in the sustainability of our of our world, I think that's important. So, in your space specifically, do you see things that are happening when it comes to, you know, we'll call it green packaging? I used to ask people as much as this was horrible, it was which was, do you want to be green or do you want to look green? Because there were some brands who wanted to look green, but they weren't really willing to really pay the price to right. peel back the whole onion and go, yeah, no, we're going, we're going to be about this life. You know, this is what we're going to be about. It was more of a marketing ploy than anything. So do you see people who are willing to say, no, we'll, we'll put our money with it. Like we will invest in whatever it is. So what are some of those things that somebody might be investing in? Okay. So for one, the other thing that's changed is the influence of social media right. and the internet. So consumers are smarter than ever, and they're able to spread their word faster than ever. So if you're just greenwashing, you know, looking green, you'll get called on it very quickly. True. So it's very important that if you are going green, that you really have to go green. 
there's no just looking like it because you will get called out on it very quickly. So, you know, what I see and, you know, my role within that, where I see it's important is, you know, you said it right. Companies have to be willing to invest because the perception is that going green is going to cost you more. So it's about finding solutions that don't necessarily cost more. Hmm. So then it's just a decision, right? Do you stay with what everybody else is doing or do you do something that's more sustainable? If there's no cost impact, most people are going to go with a more sustainable route. So it's about creating solutions. And, you know, I work with people within my company that are great engineers and, you know, are always researching ways to make it so that it's a cost neutral decision. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's, I mean, I have a feeling that's going to become a really common theme as we're getting more and more people on here and asking similar questions. Cause I think that's sort of the air that we're breathing and packaging right now. You mm-hmm. see these reports of the, you know, the, the plastic garbage, patch in the Pacific and things like that. That's like, you know, I even get asked by my own family, like what, what is WS packaging doing about that? Right. So people who aren't, I mean, everyone deals with packaging every day, but very few people know somebody who's actually in the industry to do something to fix it. Um, so I have a feeling that's going to keep coming up more and more and more as we ask this question and it'll be cool to kind of compile people's answers because it's, it's important. Um, and, us in the packaging world, we play a part in that for sure. So kind of one thing that, that we're going to try to ask everybody is sort of, sort of like, Hey, what trends are you seeing? But you know, in the past and the future, let's get, get away from trends and say, so you can go, you can go back in time. You can hop in your DeLorean and it, (laughs) you know, it can, you're dating yourself. A little bit, a little bit. You can hop in your DeLorean and you can go back and talk to, you know, first year, 22 years ago, Ted, and you can say, hey, this is what I've learned. Um, and and these are some things that you can do. Not so much like what do you regret or anything like that, like nobody, not that, but just what's some advice you would give to your younger self that might be pertinent to the kid at NJIT who is in engineering, who's thinking about the packaging world, um, maybe some advice to them. Um, because just like it's important for us to take care of the environment that we live and breathe, it's also important for us to help kind of leave a legacy and pass things on to other people. So just some words of advice that maybe you would have for somebody younger than you. Okay. First thing is do what you enjoy. Mm. Um, you know, there's an old saying that if you do what you love as a job, you'll never work a day in your life. Right. Um, you know, the chances of you, you know, making a living off what you love is, uh, probably slim in reality. Yeah. But making a living off of something you enjoy, it's more possible. Okay. So I love music. It wasn't paying the bills. Right. 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 But I enjoy creating, I enjoy building, and that's what I got to do in packaging. So yes, I did work and, you know, 
worked hard and felt the stress and the strain of, you know, this industry. Um, but I still won't change what I do, mm -hmm. right? Because I enjoy packaging. I enjoy the cosmetic industry. I enjoy beauty care. So, you know, if I can go back in time, um, you know, the only thing I would tell younger Ted is, you know, open yourself up to try new things, right? It took me over 20 years before I really tried to do something different from what my, my career path was. Right. Right. At 45, I, I'm getting to that age where you really are kind of pigeonholed. You, you Most people aren't going to take a, a first year anything at 50 years old. You know what I mean? So I, I would have... I would tell myself to explore more things while you're younger. Hmm. Not that I have regrets. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows what could have happened. Right. No, that's important. And I know, um, like Mark Cuban and, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and some of these, you know, we'll call them like air quote influencers. Mm -hmm. They are, they're influential Entrepreneur, people, entrepreneurs. Yeah. They talk a lot about that. This idea of, you know, don't, you can't just do whatever you are passionate about, right? Like that sounds very romantic, but sometimes what you're passionate about isn't going to, isn't going to pay the bills if you're married and you've got a kid or whatever it is. So you have to be able to find enjoyment. And I like how you put it, right? But mm -hmm. you can still do music. You can still love music, but you can find other ways to take the, the principle of creativity that you loved in music and apply it to something else. Um, and, and Gary V is the same way when it comes to, you know, kind of being younger and, you know, he's very big on don't, don't take the job that just pays you the most money when you're 24, 25 years old, take the job that challenges you or take the job making less, but for this boss that you really respect or in this industry that you really, you know, like take risks because the, the longer your career arc, the less those risks are going to hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, the further you get down your career arc, if you miss and you're, you know, you're later on in your career, that could really derail you. So oh, yeah. um, just know that your advice is not without warrant. There's other really smart people <laughs> <laughs> who who say the same thing. Um, well, hey, this is, uh, this has kind of been our format. I think, you know, we're going to start interviewing some more people. We're going to hopefully be launching these as, as we can. Um, either, either myself or Ted. As I mentioned in the intro, you know, we're going to be sort of co-hosting this thing. So we want to take these first few episodes, let you get to know us a little bit. Uh, next week, we'll have, we'll flip roles. So we'll, so Ted's going to be, or maybe not next week, whenever it, whenever it launches, we're both. The next episode. The next episode. Yeah. We're both busy. We're fathers and husbands and, and we're selling packaging. <laughs> so whenever the next episode, it'll be, it'll be Ted. He'll be interviewing me. And after that, we're excited to have some more people in the industry uh, as we just want to we want to hear stories about what people are doing and and share those in this space. So we're excited to see what that's going to be. So we'd like to thank you for tuning in to the People of Packaging podcast. We look forward to the next episode. And uh, in the meantime, if you would like to reach me, uh, you can reach me at Ted Tate, T-E-D. T-A-I-T-T -T, through LinkedIn and uh, hopefully we can network and keep in touch.
Until the next episode, signing out.